when you really get back home to God's hand, you don't have to dodge bullets because the Most High is protecting you. And when you read the word, you'll see that all you have to do is be still and the Most High will fight for you. He is our rock, our redeemer. He fights for you. All you have to do is be still and he will fight for you. You don't have to shoot bullets. You don't have to dodge bullets. You don't have to block bullets. You just have to be still. Put your faith in Yah. Put your fear in him. Pray to him and be still. And I'm telling you, the Most High will fight for you like you've never seen anyone fight for you before and protect you like no one has ever protected you before. He's our rock, our redeemer. What's up, Lightworker? Welcome back to TPR. This is Ryan Wilson. Thanks for listening. And so this episode is actually part two of two. The first part is in TPR 78. So this is part two of two. Part one of two is TPR 78. And so pretty much for this episode, I'll be giving more specific points, elaborating more on the information that I covered in TPR 78. So this is part two of two continued from that episode. And so one thing that I covered at the end of the episode in 78 was pretty much the scripture in the book of Matthew speaking about when the son of man comes back, it's going to be how it was in the days of Noah, pretty much before the flood, how everyone knew nothing besides Noah until the flood came and swept them all away. So too will be the coming of the son of man. So pretty much just to elaborate on that point, um, to elaborate and speak more on that point. Another thing that I spoke about in episode 78 was just with the vaccines and the mark of the beast and things like that, pretty much just to explain it more is like, why would Satan, why does the dark side have to do the mark of the beast and everything like that? Aside from prophecy, I said the most high God controls the light and the dark side in the spiritual warfare. So the most high even controls the dark side. So any agenda, anything that the dark side does, the most high is actually controlling it and just allowing it. Um, for some purpose. And so the Most High, yeah, he controls both the light and the dark side. So anything that the dark side does, it's really for prophecy of the Most High. The Most High is prophesied the end from the beginning. So everything that's going to happen in these end times that we are in with the book of Revelation and stuff like that, all of that has been prophesied. So everything that the dark side does, including dark side agendas, the mark of the beast, anything like that, it's really for prophecy of the Most High. But to explain a little bit more upon that point is just why does Satan do these things aside from it being prophecy? It's because of that Matthew verse. Because the Son of Man is coming at an unexpected hour and because it has been prophesied, Satan and the dark side, they are aware of prophecy as well. So they have to do it because of prophecy. And pretty much the Son of Man is coming at an, at an unexpected hour and Satan's job is just to get as many people astray as possible. So that's why the dark side now in these end times, the dark side has really become way more blatant They've become more aggressive. They've just been more um, obvious, cutting corners. When I say say this from like the mainstream media to the government and the politics, they've really been openly mocking, blatant about everything. And to me, it's because the word tells us that Satan knows his time is short. And especially now in the end times, that's why Satan is going really hard. That's why he's cutting corners, because he's just trying to get as many people and keep as many people astray as possible because he knows that his own time is short and he knows that the son of man is going to come unexpectedly even satan knows that so that's why he would just try if the vaccine were the mark of the beast it's actually quite possible that it is because if the times are really that close that's why they would just satan and the dark side would just try and vaccinate as many people as possible he doesn't care if people are skeptical just whoever is willing to get it he'll get it and that's just why they would do the mark of the beast and why they would become so aggressive because if satan knows that his own time is short and his job is to get as many souls as he can astray 
That's why he's going to use his last ditch effort of the mark of the beast, whether it's a vaccine, a digital currency that I spoke about, or, you know, it's really just those two. I spoke about how the coronavirus agenda is really bringing in the mark of the beast. That's why we have the precursor, the mask of the beast right now. It's only one letter different, the mark of the beast, the mask of the beast. You cannot buy or sell without the mark in the book of Revelation. And right now we cannot buy or sell without the mask. So it's a precursor. And the reason why I say the vaccine very well could be, it's definitely the next step after the mask because that's what they're gonna say is, now to come somewhere, to go somewhere, you have to have the vaccine because they're already starting it. Ticketmaster said you have to have proof of the vaccine to go to concerts. And now that the vaccines are being rolled out, that's precisely what many places are going to do. Say you have to prove you, have, uh, you don't have COVID, especially to let's say get on a flight or do things like that. So that's why the vaccine is definitely, right now the, the mask of the beast is a precursor and then the vaccine is really the next step. And then it could keep going to, let's say a digital currency or just any proof of the vaccine that goes into you. Like they could start it out just giving the proof of the vaccine on just a piece of paper. But like I covered, Elon Musk has spoken about the chips that can go in your brain. He describes it as a Fitbit in your skull with tiny wires, a Fitbit in your skull with tiny wires. Elon Musk says that. So whether it's just a chip that goes into you saying that you're COVID free and that you have your vaccines, all of them, or if it's something that goes into you with a banking information and there's a one world currency, either of those are really the two front runners of possible marks of the beast but honestly the vaccine is is definitely sketchy i'm going to speak more about the vaccine in this episode but i just wanted to really elaborate that point about the son of man is coming at an unexpected hour yahusha hamashiach is coming at an unexpected hour that's why us the elect over here the light workers we have to be ready for the son of man for yahusha he's coming at an unexpected hour and then on the dark side satan knows that his own time is short he knows that uh, the son of man is coming to put satan away um satan himself knows that satan is very familiar with prophecy um so satan knows that that's why he's pressing very hard in the mainstream he's become incredibly blatant incredibly mocking incredibly obvious um, even more so than like usual, like incredibly, like just in these past, this past year. And just as we have been in these end times, you could just tell that the dark side now, Satan, he's pressing, mocking and cutting corners, just doing anything to hold on and to keep leading people astray long enough before Yahushua comes back to put Satan away for a thousand years. And when I say keep you astray long enough, that's exactly why it's the unexpected hour, because all Satan has to do is keep you astray long enough. For an example, with the vaccines, if if Satan knew that tomorrow could be the day that the Son of Man comes back, that's why um, Satan wouldn't care to be really aggressive and pressing of the vaccine, because if there's something in that to just harm you in any way, that's why he would want to just do it to you while he can, while he has a chance to. That's really just, I'm not sure if I'm um, explaining that good, but that's why. It's just to keep you astray long enough because if someone doesn't repent, if they don't find Yah, if they don't have faith and belief in Yahusha, that's how they will not be saved. And so that's why Satan distracts. That's why Satan distracts everybody all the time with pro sports, politics, everything, Hollywood. Satan hits us with constant distractions just so that we don't come to the truth. We don't realize what we have to do to repent and to be saved and just keep you astray long enough. Because when the Son of Man comes back, the people that didn't know Yahusha, the people that didn't repent, it's going to be too late for them and Satan will have done his job. That's just those points explained a little bit more about the Son of Man is coming at an unexpected hour and that's why Satan is pressing very hard in the mainstream and just in the dark side in general because Satan is running the dark side in our world from the mainstream media to politics to pro sports to Hollywood. Everyone in the mainstream is owned by the dark side, owned by Satan in our world. Um, and our world is currently going through this battle of light versus dark. But the way to win the battle of light versus dark is just to repent, have faith in Yahusha and have fear in Yahuwah. And so now stick really with the coronavirus and really the dark side and a lot of these dark side agendas for really the majority of this episode. And so I spoke in TPR 78 how the show Project Runway had the designer on it in 2019 that designed a face mask, a dress with a face mask on it, and the designer's name was COVID. 
yes, COVID designed an outfit with a face mask before the pandemic. So it was predictive programming. And just to explain a little bit more, a few more points with that, as far as gematria is concerned, gematria is the, uh, the process of really coding numbers and letters into words. Um, like I've spoken about on this series. So Gematria, and I said how coronavirus equals 56 in Gematria, and really 56 is the number of coronavirus. I've, I've covered that um, in a lot of these episodes. So if you're new to this series, um, I speak about the Gematria, the numbers, and 56 is the number with coronavirus. So this designer's name was COVID Kapoor. So if you look that up in Gematria, COVID Kapoor equals 56 in Gematria. And then the person's real name is Kevin Kapoor. And that equals 56 as well. So just think about this. This is how you can know it's straight mockeries because it's not even like that was, it's not even like they're saying that was like his real name. They're saying he, his real name is Kevin Kapoor, but on the show he was going by COVID Kapoor. So they went out of his way or this person went out of their way to change their name to COVID, right? Um, but it's just a coincidence, right? It's not predictive programming. Don't, it, it's, it must be only a coincidence, right? But I'm going to explain a little bit more. So that's just how the mainstream media is just so obvious, such blatant mockery because they have someone a year before the pandemic designing an outfit with a face mask and they are named COVID. That's how, that's exactly a perfect example of how Satan and the dark side and the mainstream media, which includes Project Runway, everything that you're seeing on TV, movies, everything, all TV shows, but that's just exactly how you can see that Satan and the dark side are just becoming incredibly blatant, straight mockery. And I'm going to provide several other examples of straight mockery from the dark side, really in this episode about coronavirus. So I'm going to explain really a lot more, but that's just, I mean, a very simple thing to see with this COVID on Project Runway, designing the face mask outfit. And then so, of course, now what the dark side has to do is convince the sleeping masses who don't really need much convincing at all, let's be honest. Um, the dark side now has to convince the masses that it is just a coincidence, that it's not predictive programming. So I'm gonna cover just some of these articles that really spoke about it. And this is gonna help you to understand how the dark side just straight lies and how they cover up their lies and just continue to lie. And they just can, they, um, cover up their agendas and just continue their agendas no matter what and really the sleeping masses will just believe it because really the main uh the masses just believe in the mainstream so much they trust everything that comes from the news they trust everything that comes from the tv so if the mainstream just writes an article and says oh no that's just i'm gonna explain what they said many people are just like oh yeah true i got it and they don't even think any they don't even think or question at all about it and that's how the dark side keeps the masses asleep even when there's something like this that should be waking many people up um so this is how they go about it so they wrote a bunch of articles and so the one article i'll really just read some headlines and quotes from it so it says fact check project runway mask outfit by designer named covid is not evidence of predictive programming (laughs) So it says, fact check, Project Runway mask outfit by designer named COVID is not evidence of predictive programming. And then another quote, while the 2019 scene is authentic, some users allege evidence of predictive programming, implying that there was prior knowledge of the COVID-19 pandemic. This notion is false. So that's just a straight lie. They they, They just say this notion is false when there is prior knowledge of it. And I'm going to play a video from Dr. Fauci himself um, telling us about really his own prior knowledge of it. So I'll play that in just uno momento. But let me continue on. So they say this notion is false. So they say this notion is false when what they say is actually false. They're the ones that are lying. But that's why they just try and make it sound silly. See, um, when I read it, they put predictive programming in quotes. Like it says, while the 2019 scene is authentic, some users allege evidence of predictive programming in quotes, implying that there was prior knowledge of the COVID-19 pandemic. This notion is false. So they pretty much, what they'll do in these articles is they will try and make it sound silly. That's why I've, ta- I've spoken about how the dark side 
always uses the word conspiracy theory. And that's what you'll see in articles like this. Oh, there was a conspiracy theory going around that it was predictive programming. Because when people hear conspiracy theory, they think it sounds really silly, especially the sleeping masses. The second that they hear conspiracy theory, they don't believe it, um, no matter what it is. So that's just what the dark side will do. Like, so when the dark side, sometimes they will write like hit pieces on people. If people have like an actual breakthrough where they go viral and like expose a, a lot of the dark side in, in one shot, the dark side will write hit piece articles about people. And then what they'll do is they just try and make everything sound silly. They'll be like, oh, there's a, this is a conspiracy theorist online. And they just will, and they'll just say things, but they're like, this, this notion is false. So they just try and make whoever's reading it be like, yeah, this is, this is false. Like no one, it's a conspiracy theory. That's pretty much what they, these articles are there for. So let me just read a few more quotes. Um, another thing that they're, they're there for before I even read anything else is, it's also there for Satan to mock us. Like I said, it's become incredibly blatant. Here's another quote from one of these articles. It quotes what they said in the show. It says, what do you guys think of this mask? And then the other person says, it's sick. So we're in a pandemic wearing face masks. And on the show, there's a designer named COVID who designed an outfit with a face mask. And then when they asked the judge, what do you guys think of this mask? Someone says, it's sick. Here's another quote. Oh, yeah, here you go. From the dark, the, before I even quote what they say on the show, the quote from the article is even more hilarious. The judges deemed the look sick. And then the quote that I read is this was the direct quote of what they said. What do you guys think of this mask? It's sick. So just one more time in the article, it says even more hilarious. The judges deemed the look sick. So in this article, that's how it's mockery as well. It says even more hilarious because. They're straight mocking and laughing at every person because like it's messed up. Like, honestly, like people literally like no matter what people have died during the pandemic, no matter what, like no ifs, ands or buts, people have died during the pandemic and they're writing articles saying even more hilarious. Like even and that's what I'm saying is people don't even realize how they're being mocked is because the people that believe like the people that believe exactly what the dark side says about the coronavirus, like they believe everything that the dark side says about it. Why would we be making hilarious jokes about a pandemic? Like, do you know what I'm saying? And that's why I said in TPR 78, like, if you notice when the nightly news comes on, like they say every single day, they're like a record breaking day of coronavirus deaths, a record shattering day of coronavirus cases, record breaking deaths. Why are they saying it like that? Like, that's how you can know it's dark side. Like, they are like, they say record breaking deaths as if it's like a, like you're watching a reality TV show. In the last episode, I said it's like you're watching a sports game. It's like you're watching something for entertainment. That's what it is. It's political theater, but it's really messed up. Like, I'm saying we're in a pandemic now, no matter what you believe about the coronavirus or what it, no matter what it really is. We are in a pandemic now and they are writing articles speaking about the pandemic, speaking about COVID, a face mask. And it says even more hilarious. The judges deemed the look sick. That's not funny to me, honestly, like at all. So that's how you can see that the dark side, this is what they do is they mock you. They laugh at you. They, they say it's hilarious. People dying in a pandemic is hilarious. They mock you. They are really blatant about things. They lie to you and they try and uh, gaslight you and paint the, paint the picture for you, paint the narrative for you. They put you in that box. They say, oh, this is a conspiracy theory. If we don't talk about it on the news, it's a conspiracy theory. And that's how all the people are just like, okay, I trust the mainstream media. And they put themselves in that box. And that's how they can't see the real truth of what's really going on. Okay, and so I said about Dr. Fauci telling us about his own prior knowledge of the COVID pandemic. So pretty much I'm going to play the video here. It's from January 10th, 2017. Dr. Fauci pretty much, I'll, let, I'll just let you hear it. I thought I would bring that perspective to the topic today is the issue of pandemic uh, preparedness, the issue of pandemic uh, preparedness. And if there's one message that I want to leave with you today based on my experience, and you'll see that in a moment, is that there is no question that there will be a challenge to the coming administration in the arena 
of infectious diseases, both chronic infectious diseases in the sense of already ongoing disease, and we have certainly a large burden of that, but also there will be a surprise outbreak. But also there will be a surprise outbreak. But also there will be a surprise outbreak. And I hope by the end of my relatively short presentation, you will understand why history, the history of the last 32 years that I've been the director of NIAID, will tell the next administration that there's no doubt in anyone's mind that they will be faced with the challenges that their predecessors were faced with. There is no question, there is no question, there's no doubt in anyone's mind, there's no doubt in anyone's mind that they will be faced with the challenges that their predecessors were faced with. But also there will be a surprise outbreak. But also there will be a surprise outbreak. But also there will be a surprise outbreak. And so he says during the coming administration, there will be a surprise outbreak. And that was on January 10th, 2017, he said that. And Trump was inaugurated on January 20th, 2017, just about a week or so later. He said the coming administration, he's talking about the Trump administration. In January of 2017, Fauci said the coming administration, there will be a surprise outbreak. The next administration, the next administration, the coming administration, the coming administration. And he was speaking about the Trump administration. And when did the COVID outbreak happen? During the Trump administration. So... It is predictive programming, even though the, the Dark Side writes articles saying hey, this is evidence of it's not predictive programming. What, just because they tell you it is? Uh, just because they tell you it's not predictive programming, so you just say, okay, it's not? Well, I'm over here. My evidence is I'm telling you it is predictive programming, and Fauci himself told you. But also there will be a surprise outbreak. But also there will be a surprise outbreak. But also there will be a surprise outbreak. How did he know there's going to be a surprise outbreak? Because that's how they have... COVID on Project Runway designing a face mask because the dark side, it's all agendas and they they put whoever they want on the shows. They have them design whatever they want. They say, okay, you have to do this dress. like, And so that's just what the dark side does from Fauci saying it in 2017 to on Project Runway, COVID designing the face mask. The dark side just owns, they own all these shows. They put whoever they want on the shows. They predictive program you through the TV that's what it is. It's predictive programming. So when I say that the mainstream media is completely dark side, it's the entire mainstream media. And that includes every single thing that you're seeing on TV, like Project Runway, a small obscure show. It's all dark side. Everything you see on Netflix, because you just have to look at who owns all these companies, who owns all these stations, and it's all the dark side. That's who really owns it. So when I say that the mainstream is completely dark side, it's not exaggerations. And these are really just all agendas from the COVID. That's why they predictive program you. So the dark side, they will say, oh, it's not predictive programming. I'm giving you evidence that it's not. But I mean, they just tell you whatever they want. And most of the masses just believe what the dark side tells them. And they don't really think for themselves. They don't question for themselves. They just say, oh, that's a conspiracy theory. So they're like, okay, I trust the mainstream. They're right. But... The mainstream just tells you what they want you to know and what they want you to hear. And so I have some more straight mockery, even more mockery. I mean, how much have I already covered in this episode already? I even got more. So speaking of Fauci, we also got Fauci and Cuomo just the other day. Just the other day, we had Fauci and Cuomo, right? They were talking on TV about the coronavirus. And I covered just a few episodes ago, pretty recently, how Governor Cuomo was given the Emmy Award because... I said how these politicians, they're literally straight actors. It's all agenda work. They're up there reading scripts, just pushing the agendas, pushing the masses, keeping them under control, keeping them asleep, telling them everything's a conspiracy theory. And that's what the dark side does. And how the dark side does it is with Andrew Cuomo and Dr. Fauci. That's how the dark side moves. That's how they operate. That's how they keep the masses asleep. So just the other day we had, or just a few weeks ago, we had Andrew Cuomo he was given the Emmy Award. And I said, it's because they're actors. They're telling you that's, here's another example of how Satan is just straight mocking the masses, straight being really blatant in the mainstream is he's giving Cuomo an Emmy Award. And then if that wasn't enough for you, just the other day, you have Fauci and Cuomo talking. And then Cuomo says that he and Fauci are like De Niro and uh, 
Pesci or whatever, the two people in Hollywood, right? That's what he says, that Cuomo and Fauci are like De Niro and Pesci. And let me just, before I play the video for you, I just want to read what the quote on the video is. And I just, I really want to help you understand just how much of a mockery this is. This is the description of the video. It says, Governor Andrew Cuomo and Dr. Anthony Fauci had a moment of fun at the end of a very serious video conference about the coronavirus pandemic. Yeah, a very serious video conference. Before I even play it, did you hear what I just said? It says, Governor Andrew Cuomo and Dr. Anthony Fauci had a moment of fun at the end of a very serious video conference about the coronavirus pandemic. Very serious, right? So now let me play this clip for you and, and let me, you tell me how serious this is, right? I said that as soon as uh, the vaccine is deemed ready and safe, I'll be the first one to take a vaccine. Uh, maybe we enlist you, I'll do it with you. We'll do an ad telling New Yorkers it's safe to take the vaccine to, uh, to you know, put us together. We're like the uh, modern day uh, De Niro and Pacino. We're like the uh, modern day uh, De Niro and Pacino. You can be which whenever, whichever you want. You can be the De Niro or Pacino. <laughs> Fauci and Cuomo, I'll give you a friend. Who, who do you want to be, De Niro or Pacino? Which one do you want I to be? I love them both. <laughs> you... I love them both. I don't want to insult one or the other. If I say one, I don't want to hurt the feelings of the other. Yeah. So Who's the politician? <laughs> All right, last question. I know you're down in Washington. You're doing great duty, but I know you miss New York. What food do you miss the most that you can't get down there that you could get if you were back here in New York and Brooklyn? You know, Governor, whenever I need some comfort food and I dream back of my days in the Bensonhurst section of Brooklyn, the thing that comes to my mind are two things, a nice Nathan hot dog and a really steaming pastrami sandwich. <laughs> that would be really great. And a really steaming pastrami sandwich. And a really steaming pastrami sandwich. <laughs> that would be really great. <laughs> All right, so no cannolis, no meatballs, no. <laughs> Nathan's out there. I don't want to overdo it. Yeah. I don't want to overstay my welcome. I'll take them all. <laughs> all right, done. Doctor, thank you so much for everything you've done. And a really steaming pastrami sandwich. And so, I mean, like, it's just straight mockery. There's really a bunch of points with this. Again, the description, it says, of a very serious, um, they had some fun at the end of a very serious video conference about the coronavirus pandemic. They're not being serious. And again, there shouldn't even be room for fun. There shouldn't even be these jokes going around. Even if it's, Even if they're not telling you that they're actors, which they are, I'll get to that, but... Even, like there should be no joking around like this. If they're talking about the a very serious conference about the coronavirus, like I'm just saying, it's very obvious. They're wildly inappropriate. They're completely dark side. It's real easy to see, but they're telling you that they're actors. If it wasn't enough when they gave Cuomo an Emmy, now he comes out and he's straight laughing, straight mocking you. Like they're mocking you. You can be the De Niro or Pacino. You can be the De Niro or Pacino. You... I love them both. I don't want to insult one or the other. If I say one, I don't want to hurt the feelings of the other. Yeah, yeah, yeah. You... I love them both. I don't want to insult one or the other. If I say one, I don't want to hurt the feelings of the other. Yeah. And so if it wasn't enough when they gave Cuomo the Emmy, now they have Cuomo and Fauci straight laughing, straight mocking you, saying we're De Niro and Pesci. Oh, I'm sorry. It wasn't even Pesci. It was Pacino. They're telling you we are actors. I said, when I spoke about the Emmy, I said, unless they came out and said Governor Cuomo is an actor, them saying Governor Cuomo won an Emmy is the closest thing to them saying they're actors. And now this is even closer. They're saying we are De Niro and we are Pesci. We're like the uh, modern day uh, De Niro and Pacino. We're like the uh, modern day uh, De Niro and Pacino. They are saying we are actors. We are Hollywood actors. That is what they're saying to the masses. And it's very, very simple to see, but it's just straight mockery. And I mean, they, they said really some questionable things, um, honestly. It's just a weird thing to say what they said. And a really steaming pastrami sandwich. And it's just straight mockery. They're saying, oh, we're Pesci, we're De Niro, we're actors. That's what they're saying. They gave Cuomo an Emmy saying he's an actor. And now Cuomo himself and Fauci, they're straight up there laughing. Yeah, 
Real serious about the pandemic, right? You can be the De Niro or Pacino. You can be the De Niro or Pacino. And a really steaming pastrami sandwich. It's just crazy to me, man. That's why I'm trying to wake up anybody that I can to this nonsense because the dark side is just pretty wicked, honestly, and real blatant with it. But these are just real examples of how blatant they have been and how much mockery is going on, straight mockery. And they are straight actors. So when they gave Cuomo the Emmy, they were pretty much saying it. All you had to do was connect the one little dot. And now Cuomo is straight telling you. He's not saying I'm an actor, but he's saying I'm uh, Pacino, I'm De Niro. He's saying he's an actor. So it's just that one little tiny dot that we got to connect. So that's really just how obvious it is. And that's why I'm really pretty optimistic that, um, you know, people, people can start to see this. Because I think, in a sense, a good thing about... Um, the dark side being so blatant and so obvious is that once you start to awaken to it, it becomes so like, that's why when my eyes were open, everything just became so obvious. Like I could just see really very clearly and I could just see how much of mockery it is because once your eyes are open, you're like, wow, like you just completely see through the masquerade. It's just a masquerade. That's what it is, a mask. Once you pull it off, you could just, you're like, all right, like I can see. So it's actually, in a sense, to our benefit that the dark side is so obvious because that's how I can point out really obvious examples. And, you know, people can start to wake up. And once they see it, it's so easy. And that's how I'm just straight laughing at the dark side at all times because I see the mockery in everything that they say from joking comments like this to years ago, Fauci saying there's going to be a surprise outbreak because I can see that it's agenda work, dark side work, predictive programming work. Um, Satan cutting corners, Satan putting things in plain sight, Satan mocking us, and really a lot of other things that the dark side really does out here. So, um, you know, once we get our eyes fully open, it's really easy to see how the dark side moves and, and operates. Um, I think so, at least. I think it's pretty uh, obvious. So as far as um, removing that mask and that masquerade, and the coronavirus, another thing that's going on is with the vaccines, right? So I'm going to speak about the presidents that were saying they're going to take it on TV. That makes me laugh, too. I'm covering so much of uh, really humorous topics in this episode, honestly. But before I even say that, they, they had a person, like, look this up. They had a person, bro. One of the first people to get a vaccine was named William Shakespeare. Yeah, you heard me right. They said William Shakespeare. They, they, they made a person. They got it. They, this is how you can see that they're all actors. And this is honestly how the dark side is really like, like, honestly, I didn't even realize how obvious these examples are. Like, I'm telling you guys, like I've said so many times on these episodes, just how the dark side just straight lies. They straight contrive the news articles through the Gematria code. That's how they encode things and words and numbers in the mainstream headlines. And honestly, like I said, they just make up a fake name, everything like that. And this William Shakespeare, I mean, that's like just like when they said Cuomo got an Emmy, it was like one little dot that you have to connect. And then when I gave the example of when they say Rick Bright was calling for the darkest winner ever, I say that's a contrived news news article. That's why it's Rick Bright, a fake name, a made up name talking about the darkest winner ever. And that's like one little dot that you have to connect, just like with Cuomo winning the Emmy. It's like one dot that you have to connect. And then here it's really a step further, just like Cuomo saying he's like uh, De Niro or Pacino. Here, it's not even like Rick Bright calling for the darkest winner ever. They have William Shakespeare taking the vaccine. Like William Shakespeare, like that's how you can know it's just a made up name is what I'm getting at. Like, like, do we really believe that one of the first people to volunteer to get the coronavirus vaccine was just happened to be named William Shakespeare? Like, bro, like, like if you're hearing this and you didn't know about that article, you're like, you're like, rise got to be joking right now. And then if you just Google it, William Shakespeare, it will come up the first a million articles. William Shakespeare, the first person to get uh, the coronavirus vaccine or, or whatever person to get it. Do you believe this out here? I mean, but honestly, I think this is really powerful. I'm like having this feeling as I just like said one of those last few things, like I'm actually really feeling like. I think the times like are even picking up now because like the it's just getting even more obvious like just a few weeks ago when I spoke about that Cuomo Emmy like these are really steps further like this is how the dark side I'm saying the dark side Satan he knows the prophecy he knows that his time is short so every time Satan ramps it up and he becomes more obvious he cuts more corners he does more mockery getting more people asleep in a sense 
every time Satan does that, to me, the reason for it is because he knows his time is short. So that's why he's becoming more bold, cutting more corners, trying to get more people. He's more pressing. That's why it's more obvious. It's more mockery than usual. I'm usually really always exposing darkness. But I mean, how many times in this episode have I covered like a, a completely ridiculous, straight, obvious mockery from the dark side? More than usual, I feel like. So um, I do believe that's pretty interesting as I'm recording this. But we're going to keep going. So I said about these presidents taking the vaccine, right? So they come out and say that Bush, Obama, and Clinton are going to take the vaccine um, on TV in the public eye to gain public trust is what it said. So first of all, if it's so safe, why would you even need to gain um, public trust in the first place? You know what I mean? It should just, The results should just speak for themselves. If it really works, they shouldn't need people to say, oh, trust us, it's safe because, and again, they have Bush, Obama, and Clinton of all like clinton right he never came out and lied about anything right but i want to say one thing to the american people i want you to listen to me i'm going to say this again i want you to listen to me i'm going to say this again i did not have sexual relations with that woman miss lewinsky i never told anybody to lie not a single time never i did not have sexual relations with that woman i did not have sexual relations with that woman. I want you to listen to me. I'm going to say this again. I want you to listen to me. I'm going to say this again. I never told anybody to lie. Not a single time. Never. I never told anybody to lie. Not a single time. Never. And then you have Bush with the inside jobs, obviously. And also, did you know, this is another secret society that I'll expose right here, is Bush and uh, Bush Sr. They're both in members in what's called Skull and Bones, which is a secret society at Yale. Um, so I said Freemasonry is a secret society. I've spoken about the Jesuits, the Society of Jesus, um, which is really like the Roman Catholic Church. These are all different societies. Some are secret societies. And then Skull and Bones at Yale is a secret society as well. That's what George W. Bush and this, the father as well. They were both members of Skull and Bones, a secret society called Skull and Bones at Yale. So, again, we have Clinton who straight lied to us several times. I mean, all politicians. What do people say? All politicians are liars. So now we're going to get people who are liars, three politicians, to tell us the vaccine is safe. But the masses will believe it because that's the thing is like th this is what I don't understand to go back to the election. Like, honestly, like I was like if you ask someone, you're like, why do you vote for Trump or why do you vote for Biden? And they're like, oh, it's the lesser of two evils. Like, you got to vote like. And then like, but they'll be like, oh, well, they're all liars anyway. But like, I just w would rather have Biden. Like, if they're all liars, why are we supporting liars? Why are we saying, oh, I want that liar to be my leader? Why would we ever want that? Because people, that's what people, their common defenses. They're like, oh, they're all liars, but I just want the lesser of two evils. That's what people say. So people always admit that politicians are straight liars. So now we have three politicians, three liars telling us that the vaccine's safe because we have to gain public trust, right? That's not sketchy. So it's Clinton who lied several times. They all lie, but Clinton has come out and lied, obviously, in ridiculous times. Bush is a member of Skull and Bones, a secret society. And then Obama, again, they say, oh, three politicians are gonna take the vaccine to make you guys feel safe about it. <laughs> I mean, come on, bro. And then the three that they picked are like, probably like the three most like they couldn't have picked like anyone else like more like i mean come on bro clinton and bush all right <laughs> all right all right all right so that made me laugh um but another thing that didn't make me laugh honestly was just the other day i was walking around in an acme actually and i saw a a station of like hand sanitizers hand sanitizing wipes set up and one of the signs on this on this uh, thing with the hand wipes that said here for good was a quote that it said on it here for good so of course the the simple surface meaning is that it's here for good it's here for for good to get away the germs that's what it's here for good to do good right but the way I saw it was it's here for good because I'm saying these agendas are not going anywhere Fauci himself has said that there's been several articles that say Fauci says the coronavirus will be here until 2022 or these agendas are not going anywhere. And that's why there's predictive programming even on 
things in the supermarket that it's just a, a, a thing for to grab a hand wipe and it says here for good because it's saying this isn't going anywhere. And the reason it's not going anywhere is because the coronavirus did not just naturally occur. The coronavirus is an agenda to bring in the mark of the beast like I covered in CPR 78. And they are not going to let the coronavirus go away until the mark of the beast has been brought out. And whether that's the vaccine or the digital currency, and this is why you have to understand CPR 78 to understand what we talk about in this episode, because I'm not really gonna go back and cover those points. That's why I did a full episode. The whole second half of that episode 78 was covering the coronavirus agenda, covering the mark of the beast, and then here, this is exactly why, because the coronavirus is an agenda to bring in the mark of the beast. And that's why it says here for good, because it's not going away until the mark of the beast is already out and about. So that's what we need to understand about these end times that we are in. So it's not, the mask is not to keep you safe. It's not to stop germs. It's the mask of the beast, a precursor to the mark of the beast. And that's why there's a sign that says here for good, because this is the fun, This is the end of this age. When the son of man comes back, he's putting Satan away for a thousand years. And it'll be after that, it'll be the new heaven, the new earth. This earth is passing away. This is the end of this age. The end of this generation, this era, the end of this age is what we are in. We are in the end times. So that's why these agendas are not going anywhere because these agendas are going to be here until the son of man, Yahushua HaMashiach, is back. So from Fauci saying in 2017 that there's going to be a surprise outbreak to the sign saying here for good, they are telling you it's an agenda and it's not going anywhere. That's why we need our spiritual coverings and we need to fear Yah and be ready for Yahusha. So get your sins forgiven, my beloveds, and repent in the name of Yahusha. Repent to Yahuwah and fear Yah. And so now to transition to my last few points for the episode. In TPR 78, I spoke about um, some of the top YouTubers and just showing how the top YouTubers are owned by the dark side. They are put forth by the dark side. They are the dark side. And one of those YouTubers I mentioned was Jake Paul. So also, I just want to point out how now they have, you know, Jake Paul was in the boxing matches. And now Jake Paul is uh, beefing with the NHL player named Evander Kane, right? So I just want to speak about this for a second and then my next point is hockey related as well. So I'm going to speak about hockey and pro sports for a second. But so Evander Kane, right? He's in the NHL. He's supposed to be this tough guy. And then they put out a TMZ sports video of Evander Kane. Again, I also said how the dark side is really looking very silly. I said this in a couple episodes before, but the dark side looks real silly now because of the coronavirus. Now they have to do everything on Zoom calls. Everything is you know, they're sitting in their crib on lagging Zoom calls instead of, you know, when they're talking about sports, instead of being in the studio and stuff like that. So it's just making things look real lame now. And honestly, with this Evander Kane thing, whether he's on a Zoom call or not, that has nothing to do with it. But he's on a lagging Zoom call talking to TMZ Sports and he's like, oh, talking about fighting YouTubers, right? So this is how you can know that the NHL is a lie. It's not a real league. It's a scripted league. Because if it was a real league, Evander Kane would be worried about trying to win the Stanley Cup. In his all, he's in the offseason right now. And he's on a lagging Zoom call with TMZ Sports talking about potentially fighting YouTubers. Right? He's a big, bad NHL player. He, he should be calling out people in the league. In the league calling them out to fight, not YouTubers. Why is he calling out 20-year-old YouTubers, right? So that's what I'm saying is I can't take you serious, bro, if you still follow these people that are pro sports because that's what Satan does is he makes you think that sports represent masculinity. This is more feminine than anything. A, a, a tough NHL star is calling out 20-year-old YouTubers and I'm supposed to think that he's tough. He should be calling out people in the NHL if he wants to be tough, or he should be working on his game to win the Stanley Cup. Because the reason is he knows it's a scripted league. He knows he doesn't have to grind hard to win the Stanley Cup. He just has to show up, get paid, and follow the script because he knows whether the Sharks are going to win, are going to be in the Cup next year. 
He knows what these scripts are, and he knows it's a scripted league. So he just is, does what the what he's told. Oh, you have to go and create drama. You have to help get hype around the NHL and get hype around uh, Jake Paul. So you got to go start a beef with him. So he gets on a lagging Zoom call, and he's like, oh, trying to be tough. Like, bro, I can't take it serious. And if it was a real league, and again, if it was a real league, his teammates would be calling him out saying, yo, dude, you're making us look bad by calling out 20-year-old YouTubers when you're supposed to be an NHL star, he's supposed to be a tough guy. So I can't take it serious, bro. I really can't. And that is how you can see the NHL is a lie. This Stanley Cup winner is predetermined every single season. And that's why Evander Kane is not working on his game in the offseason or calling out people in the league trying to call someone out that matters. He's on there uh, prancing around on TMZ interviews talking about boxing YouTubers. And we're supposed to think he's tough. It's a joke to me, man. So I cannot take sports serious at all um, because it's just nonsense and straight mockery, straight acting. They're actors, their own puppets. They do not do what they want. They do what they're told. Someone went to Evander Kane and said, uh, go say something to Jake Paul. Okay, so think about that. It's not a man with free will. It's not a man that does what he wants. It's not a man of righteousness. It's a man that bows down to his little boss and says whatever he's told. Oh, go start a beef with a YouTuber. Okay. I'm supposed to believe he's tough? Get out of here, bro. And now I also want to show how the NHL is not just scripted and lame, but they also do a bunch of rituals as well. And I'll connect it to another sport also and their rituals. But I saw this. This was on NHL's Instagram. I was just on, on my own Instagram on the Explore page, and I see this video come up right from the NHL Instagram. And it's talking about Jonathan Taze. Right, who was a player for the Chicago Blackhawks in the NHL. And Jonathan Taze is number 19. So in this video, it's talking about when Jonathan Taze was a rookie, he took a face-off against Joe Sackick, who also wears number 19. And I'm just going to show how this was a big 19 ritual. And I'm going to show how these guys are complete puppets. And they're not bosses. Even Jonathan, from Evander Kane to Jonathan Taze, they're not bosses. They are little puppets that do what they're told. And they play in a scripted league. And they are not righteous enough to speak about it and tell people it's a fake league. But they keep their mouth shut and just get paid while you believe it's real. And that's why I, I passionately want to expose the darkness of not just the NFL and the NBA, but even the NHL. Because it's full of false prophets and just people who are liars. And they're just do what they're told. So I can't get behind that, honestly. So that's why I'd rather expose it. Um, but here's a ritual with Jonathan Taze, right? So pretty much, I'll just go through some of the facts of this. And well, to, before I even go through the facts, what they do with these rituals is think about LeBron and Kobe, right? That was a ritual for you. So now pretty much LeBron is like the new Kobe. Pretty much that's exactly what they had to do. Before LeBron could win um, one championship and then several championships with the Lakers. That's why they have to sacrifice Kobe away because the dark side, the Freemasons and all these dark side, really the way that they work is it's order out of chaos as above, so below. That's a, a Freemasonic uh, phrase is as above, so below. And so that means that you cannot have good without bad. That's why the Freemasons in all their lodges, it's the white and black chessboard floor because it's white and black dark and light, good and bad. You cannot have good without bad. You cannot have bad without good. You have to have both. It's duality. That's what the Freemasons believe. So it's as above, so below. So before LeBron can move forward and win a bunch of championships, there has to be something bad in Kobe's death. So it's you move backwards before you can move forwards, as above, so below. So pretty much that's what they do with all sports, but it's not always blood sacrifices. It's, a, it's just a ritual is what I'm getting at. So that was a, a LeBron-Kobe ritual. And again, they had LeBron pass Kobe Bryant in Kobe's hometown of Philadelphia. LeBron passed him on the scoring list in Kobe's hometown of Philly. And then the next day, Kobe dies. And then LeBron wins the championship because... It was a ritual. It was a passing. LeBron passed Kobe, and then Kobe passed away. Because, like I said, with the dark side, it's spelling. It's spells. That's what they do is they announce that LeBron passed Kobe, and then just a few hours later, they say Kobe passed away. They're, it's predictive programming, ritual, spiritual work. And I covered that really in these last few episodes. But So that was a ritual. It was so that uh, LeBron could be the new Kobe. And now I'm going to speak about this 
Jonathan Taze and Joe Sackick ritual in NHL, where it was for Taze to become really the new Joe Sackick. So let's get back to it. So Taze was a rookie, right? Jonathan Taze, at the time of this ritual, he is 19 years old. He's wearing number 19 and Joe Sackick is wearing number 19 as well. This game is on October 19th, 2007. So again, October 19th, Jonathan Taze is number 19. Sackick is number 19 and Taze is 19 years old. It's on October 19th. They do the opening face-off, 19 versus 19. And then Jonathan Taze scores the first goal of the game. So Taze is 19 years old. They're both wearing number 19 and it's on October 19th. And Taze scores the first goal of the game after they do the face-off, the opening face-off. And so now I'll play the video of this, the Instagram video that I saw from the NHL account and let you hear what they say. And just take a note of how the announcers point out how he's 19 years old. And also in the video, they show how the date says October 19th. You won't be able to see it, obviously, but they do show it in the video. And just listen to what the announcers say about everything in the 19s. We got a great special moment gonna happen here that you know, a, lot, a lot of people are gonna know about. Joe Sackett and Johnny Taves are going to face off. He's wearing 19 because of Joe Sackett, and this is his idol, and he gets to take a draw against the big guy. I was a little bit more determined to win that faceoff than he was. Let's just put it that way. Down to center ice, and here comes Taves. Jonathan Taves moving the end. What a move! Oh! This is the kind of talent, Mike, that can bring a franchise back from dead. This kid is 19. This kid is 19. This kid is 19. And so if you notice, they said this is his idol. He's wearing 19 because of Joe Sackett, and this is his idol. This is his idol. This is his idol. Because, again, that's what this is all about. It's really light versus dark, Satan versus the Most High, and the Most High warns us about false idols. That's why Satan wants everything to be idolized. So this is just a ritual of one one of Satan's false idols um, passing the baton off to another of Satan's false idols. Joe Sackett passing it on to Jonathan Taze now. Two false idols because even if these people don't know that they're false idols, just by playing in these leagues and by not telling people the real truth, not telling people to repent, not telling people it's a scripted league, by them playing in these leagues, that's how they are false prophets, whether they know it or not. Some of them might not even know that the league is scripted. Taze definitely knows. He's won several uh, Stanley Cups. He knows. But some of the players that don't know, they are just playing in the leagues and they don't even know that they're false idols, but they actually are. That's just the truth. But that's why they point out, they're like, this is his idol. He's wearing 19 because of Joe Sackett, and this is his idol. However, I do want to touch on some points and kind of just show how this is more of a dark side ritual than you even realize. Because I just went through all the 19s. You could see how it's a clear ritual. They want to have, you know, Taze, you know, Sackett passes it on to Jonathan Taze. And again, it's not a murder ritual like with Kobe and LeBron it was just a, a simple ritual of the face-off and then Jonathan Tay scores the goal and you know it's about as simple as that it's just a real simple ritual and then the Kobe LeBron that was a ritual but a more complex murder ritual but you know there's still rituals passing one false idol to the other to the next one that's what they're doing they're passing the baton off the false idols are but now I want to touch on some points and show how this is actually more of a dark side agenda than it actually appears in addition to all the 19. So they say that, you know, they pointed out how they said this is his idol. They're both wearing number 19. He's 19 years old. However, I want to take a, a, a step further and look at this. So let's look at before Jonathan Taze made it to the NHL. Oh, and by the way. Before I get to this, I also, one other 19 is in Gematria, the process of coding numbers and letters into words. If you look up Taze, his last name, Taze equals 19. In, in the most pure cipher of Gematria, Taze equals 19. So keep that in mind. I'm going to show how the dark side, I'm going to show how it's more of an agenda than you realize. So before Jonathan Taze was drafted by the Chicago Blackhawks to play in the NHL, Jonathan Taze played college ice hockey, and he also played uh, high school ice hockey as well. And so let's take a little bit of a deeper look into this number 19 and see, is that really, is it really because of Joe Sackick why he wears number 19? Or is it possibly because the Chicago Blackhawks told him to wear number 19? So let's take a little bit of a look into it. So I said how Jonathan Taze 
played college ice hockey and high school hockey. So let's start with his high school ice hockey team. So Jonathan Taze played at Shattuck St. Mary's in the 2003-4 to season and 2004-2005 to season. So he played two seasons there at Shattuck St. Mary's in high school. And then I'll cover his college career as well at University of North Dakota. In high school, his first year of playing high school hockey at Shattuck St. Mary's is in 2003 and 2004. And what number did Jonathan Taze wear in high school in that season? He wore number nine, not number 19. Jonathan Taze wore number nine in the 2003-2004 season where he played high school hockey. And I looked at that roster. There was no number 19 in that season there he was number nine Jonathan Taze was number nine there was no number 19 on the team so they said in that NHL game years after this point that the reason Taze is wearing number 19 is because of Joe Sackick but how come in high school if there was no other number 19 on the team why would Jonathan Taze choose number nine instead of number 19 that's odd isn't it so let's just take another uh, look into it in the 2004-2005 season, in high school as well, playing for Shattuck St. Mary's, Jonathan Taze wore number nine. So in high school, in both those seasons, Jonathan Taze wore number nine. And so just my point is, in that first season when Taze went there in high school, it's not like there was a, a senior that had number 19, and that's why he had to take number nine. Nobody was number 19 in his first season there. And then even in the season after, he was still number nine. He kept it both in both seasons in high school, playing for that team, Jonathan Taze wore number nine, not number 19. And now let's move on to Jonathan Taze's college career. So he played two seasons at University of North Dakota. His first season was 2005-2006. He wore number nine. However, this is a little bit different than the high school one because in Taze's first year of high school, there was no number 19 on the team. He just went in and wore number nine and there was no number 19. Here in his first year of college, Puck, there was a number 19 on the team already. So uh, Taze was a freshman in 2005, 2006. He wore number nine and there was someone on the team already who was not a freshman who was number 19. So I'll give you that argument that he could have wanted number 19 and there already was one. So that's why he had to wear number nine in college. But again, let's go to the year before in high school. Why would he have, if if 19 was always his number, like they said, if he always really idolized Sackick like that and 19 was always his number, why in high school did he wear number nine if no one else was 19? He could have had it, but he wore number nine. And then for two years in high school, he wore number nine. And then in two years in college, he wore number nine as well. The first year when he was a freshman, there was a number 19. So it makes sense of why he wore nine. He couldn't have 19. There was already an upperclassman who had it. But then in his second season at college at North Dakota in 2006 and 2007, he wore number nine again, and there was no number 19. So again, you could just say he didn't want to change his number. He was like, I'll just stay with nine. But they said that was his number. He's idolizing him. And in none of his high school and none of his college seasons did he ever wear number 19. And for three out of the four seasons, he could have had a choice of wearing number 19, and he still went with number nine out of three out of four seasons. Only one out of four seasons that he wore number nine, he didn't have a choice because there was an upperclassman that had it only one out of four times. With three out of four, he could have wore 19, but he chose to wear nine as far as what it says on paper and what the stats and the rosters will show. And then finally, after that, in 2007, 2008, was Jonathan Tay's first season in the NHL for the Chicago Blackhawks. And there was no number nine on the Blackhawks then. So this is his first season wearing number 19. And I'm just showing that there was no number nine. So it's not like he went to the Blackhawks and he wanted nine, but someone already had it. He could have had nine. But the point I'm getting to is because his last name Taze equals 19, that's why they made him wear number 19 in the NHL because his number wasn't always 19 in high school and college. It was number nine. And then they just say that number 19 was his number because the reason for it is because everyone on the dark side, the people in the NHL, the people, whoever is running this, they know Jamatri. So when they see their superstar coming up, 
in the scripted league, they look up the gematria and they say, okay, Taze, his last name equals 19. He's going to wear number 19 because it's all gematria. They put 19 on his jersey and Taze sums the 19. That's why they put his number and his name. It's That's why the dark side will do that because he's wearing number 19 and then the word Taze equals 19. So the dark side views it through gematria. So they see the matching 19s on his jersey. So that's why they do these rituals. So as far as I'm concerned, what these numbers show about the high school and college numbers is that when Jonathan Taze got drafted, they knew that his last name summed to 19 in Gematria. That's why they said, you're going to wear number 19. And that's why they did this ritual when he was a young player in the league doing this 19 ritual with Joe Sackick. And that's why the announcers just straight lie to you and they say, oh, this is his idol. This is why he wears number 19. That's a lie. And how hard is it? Because this is the thing is, this is how I'm saying is that these guys that you think are bosses, you think that they're leaders, they are just do what they're told. This is what they do is they just say, Taze, you're going to wear number 19. And then they say, okay, you're going to face off against Sackick. And then after the game, you just have to say, oh, he's my idol. He, I really looked up to him because who didn't like Joe Sackick? You know what I'm saying? Like if you, if you grew up watching hockey, liking the NHL, Sackick was a great player. So anyone, any, any person that likes hockey would have liked Joe Sackick. So it's really not a stretch. It would be so easy for anyone to just be like, yeah, it was great for me to face off against him. It was great to play against him. And that's how they just push the narrative. So these guys that you think are bosses, they do what they're told and they do it because and, and you could see in this goal, they, they had Taze score in the first period, the first goal of the game. You could see that the goalie pretty much let it in on purpose. Like, he didn't even try to save it. Taze just went right down the ice. The defenseman on the other team, they just, like, pretty much let him go. He goes right down the ice, and the goalie hardly moves, and he goes and scores very easily. So, to me, they, they just say, Taze, you're going to score in the first period, and you have to take this face off against him. And then after the game, just say he's your idol. And they're like, okay, boss. And they just do what they're told. And that's why the league is scripted. And you know why they do what they're told? Because how many uh, Stanley Cups has Taze won? Several. He signed a huge million-dollar contract, him and Patrick Kane, on the Blackhawks. So that's why they, they do what they're told. Because for those guys, they get to play on several scripted Stanley Cups. They get to win the Cup. They get to be millionaires. This is what I'm saying is when I say to you guys that the, the dark side owns everybody, they own the athletes, they own everyone, you're like, oh, it sounds real hard to believe. But... Don't you think for millions of followers to win the Stanley Cup, don't you think these guys, they, they are not men of righteousness. They are owned by the dark side. These guys just do what they're told. They're playing hockey. It's just scripted outcomes of the games. And for some of these guys like Kane and, and Taze, they get to win Stanley Cups, become millionaires, score first goals of the game. And and they don't even know it's rituals. Taze probably has no idea about Gematria. He probably doesn't even know why he's wearing number 19. They're probably just like, yo, you're gonna wear number 19. He's like, all right, I used to wear nine, so what do I care? Because again, they don't care. They don't stand for anything. They just do what they're told. And that's really just the truth about these leagues. And no matter how hard it is to believe, these are obvious points of just how a straight ritual work, like clockwork. All the way back in 2007, when Joe Sackick was on his way out, they got the new Taze. It's, that's what it is. It was the new LeBron, Kobe. It was LeBron is the new Kobe, and Jonathan Taze was the new Joe Sackick. And that's why, that's what they do. It's clockwork. They bring in one false idol after the next. And when they, when the, the one false idol, when their time is up, they get blood sacrificed away. They get ritualed away. In this case, uh, they just get face-offed away, a, a small ritual, but... That's how the dark side works. And literally in this episode, I covered so much of the dark side from the NHL sports here at the end of the episode to everything with the coronavirus, Project Runway, everything I covered at the start of this episode. I mean, the politicians, Fauci, Cuomo, all these people in the mainstream from sports to TV shows to politicians. It's dark side. It's mainstream. They are straight mocking people they are doing predictive programming they are doing rituals they are doing all types of stuff that i covered in this episode and i really just gave so many examples in this episode of just really how the dark side works and really just how we have to kind of wake up to how the dark side works so i really like i said i'm pretty optimistic that you know people are seeing this people are starting to wake up and it's just becoming really really obvious but um you know that's that's just how it goes so the the jonathan taze i like i said i was on instagram a lot of my content comes from i'm just minding my business and i'll just see something come up on snapchat or i'll see something come up on instagram or i just see something here because that's how the most high works is 
he gives me, the most high gives me, you know, my, he allows the dark side to put out their mockery, put their stuff out. And then he allows me to come across it so I can speak about it and expose it. That's how everything is overseen by the most high. Even what the dark side does when they put out a contrived article, the most high allows it because he'll allow me to see it and then expose it to you guys. And that's how we break it down and expose the darkness and really just do light work out here. So that's really just what we got going on. So I covered the agendas in this episode and I really think that's everything. So as far as the spiritual war, one more time, the way to win the spiritual war on your own soul is to just repent to the most high, repent in the name of Yahusha, have faith in Yahusha, faith and belief in Yahusha HaMashiach, salvation in the Messiah, and give the glory to the most high, Yah Yahuwah, Yahuwah Eloheinu, the Lord our God. So fear Yah, pray to Yah, and give the glory to Yah. And that's really the only way out here to stay steps ahead of the dark side. Because like I said, the most high will open your eyes like he did for me. And once you, you, your eyes are open, you could see, you know, how obvious this stuff really is. So as you read the word, as you seek out the most high, as you really fear the most high, that's exactly how, um, yeah, I will just start to show you more. So pretty sure that's everything for the episode. I'll wrap it up. My Twitter is Ryan Michael 11 and my Instagram is Wilson Ryan underscore underscore. I'm going to catch you later for the next episode if the Most High wishes, if he allows. Much faith to you. Thank you for listening and many blessings. Love. Later.